Gonna run to the store with better buddies. Cause we're living, living in the moment, the moment. So don't look back, it's a long, long road ahead. A long, long road ahead. Hello! Hey, my teams. Sorry. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ, and with us this week, we have Calvin. That's me. And James. Oh. That's him. Uh, Let's just come out and say it right at the top. We're recording. It's uh, post-voting day. And thanks to... I make a nomination to change the opening theme to this episode to It's the End of the World as We Know It by (laughs) RJ. Yeah, but do we feel fine? I feel fine. I feel, I feel pretty okay. Yeah. Uh, it's 2020. Things are nuts. It, it's, it is how it is. I figure with the uh, things being a little bonkers right now, we're going to go with a bonkers Better Buddies icebreaker this week. Our Better Buddies icebreaker, what is your favorite Mountain Dew flavor slash flavor name? Because I know you don't drink soda, Calvin. I don't even know names. There's like 70 flavors. I'll take your word for it. Who makes Mountain Dew? Pepsi. PepsiCo. Oh, it's a Pepsi? Yes. Uh, let's see. Mountain Dew flavors. Uh, I know. I've got one. List of Mountain Dew flavors and varieties. Let's Go see. for it, James. Lay it on us. Yeah, lay it on us, I don't James. Know. I don't know if you guys remember, but I think it was like, it might have been five or so years ago, there was a Mountain Dew naming contest. Um, Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, they posted it, I think, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And um, someone on 4chan got the post and they uh, circulated through and they just totally threw off the entire like contest. And uh, so all the top 10 names are just like awful. Um my favorite out of the list is Gushing Granny. <laughs> I remember this, like, yep. <laughs> okay. the, there's, there's one that's... Uh, the number one was uh, Hitler Did Nothing Wrong. And then there was like Gushing Granny, Fapple, Tempest, which is oddly uh, appropriate for like 4chan. Like oddly... That, that, I, Mountain Dew Tempest sounds like a genuine like brand name. Dub the Dew, that was what it was called. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say Gushing Granny because I also think that sounds like a cool name for a band. Yeah, that's um, a band name. Sure, that, is, that could be a band name. Uh, Calvin, uh, is your favorite flavor not Darth Dew, a limited production that's... tangy grape Slurpee at Seven Eleven stores in 2005? Oh my god! For episode three. Oh my that's god! Right. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I don't drink soda, so I got no idea. But I'm looking at a list of PepsiCo products, and it seems like they own Gatorade. So I'm going to go with Gatorade. <laughs> Gatorade is my personal favorite flavor of Mountain Dew. But guys, don't I mean, you want Mountain Dew Kryptonite Ice, the promotional product of a Slurpee-flavored 7-Eleven for Superman Returns? Oh, damn. Wait, was that the was that the one with Brandon Routh? Yeah. Was that the one in the mid-2000s? Yeah. That's Not like, like one that of the few I've seen. Yeah, I, I I remember seeing it in a drive-in movie theater, and I remember that it was like one of the first movies I'd seen where I was like, I'm bored. Like, <laughs> and I, I, like, and I, wanted, 
I wanted to be, I think it was just because like, that was when, that was like a little bit after the Nolan, like, uh, or, it was before, um, it was before, it was just before the Nolan movies. There's, it, there's no way it was before Dark Knight or I, yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, no, I mean, Batman Begins. I'm sorry. Superman Returns yeah. came out in 2006. I yeah. didn't, I think Batman Begins came out in 2005. He's yeah, you're right. Oh yeah. Well, interesting. Didn't realize that. I forgot. Uh, isn't Kevin Spacey in that movie? He's uh, yeah, Lex he's Luther. Lex Luthor. Yeah, huh. I should rewatch that. And he gets shot in the eye. Not Lex Luthor, Superman. Damn. Oh, Guys, that's you don't want you don't want a power. Mountain Dew flavor number six forty eight, a watermelon variant in the uh, Democracy Collective Intelligence Program. What is this nonsense? I will take. I'll take that one. I'll nominate that one. I like that one. <laughs> I would love if Mountain Dew, like a soda company, just came out and it was like soda number one, soda number two. Like they didn't <laughs> one, they, they two, didn't, another one. Yeah. <laughs> like they didn't have any names for flavors. Like it was just like, oh, I love number three, the orange one. Like uh, something like that. I think here's, be a, funny. Uh, here's another fun one Mountain Dew Culotta. In 2011, Dunkin' Donuts announced a new Mountain Dew flavored culotta, but it was discontinued later that year. What is culotta? I don't know. Sounds vaguely insensitive. I think it's a coffee <laughs> thing. Oh, ugh. That's the only oh, thing that makes sense. Like, uh, they're like birthday cake flavored Doritos or something like that. There's like a crate, like, or a chocolate flavored uh, Doritos. Actually, I would probably. Listen, like if you're about to start hating on birthday cake flavoring thing you're gonna have to leave because that no. is my that is like my favorite fake flavor i don't know what flavor birthday cake flavor is but i anything you give me any like food that's like birthday cake flavor i love it birthday it's cake like oreos the best oh. oreos and and they have to have the blonde the, 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 the like blonde the like vanilla cookie with yeah. birthday cake that is the single greatest oreo <sighs> I will eat an entire pack of those in one sitting Dude, and I then feel horrible about it and not regret anything. <laughs> do you, uh, do you guys do that thing where you'll put the Oreos in the freezer and you let them get cold? No, but that sounds amazing. Uh, it, it is actually, I, I highly recommend my grandma, um, my grandma Colleen does it. And uh, that's where I learned it from. And it's like awesome. They're so cold. And I've never had one that's like, too cold like it, it's like a perfect like consistency like okay. it doesn't get like, riddle or anything i i suspect i know what the answer is already going to be to this next question but okay cold oreos or cold thin mint cookies oreos hate mint oreos i'm not a huge fan of thin mints i love thin I, mints. I like really what what draws you to thin mints i don't think they're too minty Okay. Uh, I've always, I, I, it's always felt like a very light mint flavor to complement the chocolate. Thin mints. Yeah. Kind of like a, it's kind of like an Andes chocolate. I, those are my favorite, like mint flavored anything. I love. Really? You know, Andes. Yeah, like Andes chocolate mint. Like I know they're more chocolate than mint, but that's like probably why I like them. I, I mean, other, You're... other than yeah. Okay, Calvin, uh, you don't like mint, so I will, I will help inform, uh, this situation. James is just wrong. <laughs> what? Excuse <laughs> me, sir. You're going with Andy's mints as your mint of choice? Well, well, well. It doesn't look like th this is shaping up to be the most contentious debate of the year. Uh, yeah, I will defend Andy's mints. Actually, um, 
I, I like just on principle that I think any mint candy that isn't meant to freshen your breath is stupid. Hang on one second. Are we discussing anything mint flavored or just mint candies? Uh, okay. Because okay, Thin Mints... Since you finish this, I have a tirade I want to go on about mint as soon as you guys finish this. Okay, mint, because Thin Mints mint, are not... Can- uh, thin Mint cookies are cookies, not candies. So we got to... Mint or candy? My opinion is, and I think this is probably where it stems from, mint for me is not like a, a flavor that is like combinatorial or like aesthetic. It's practical. Like mint is meant to freshen your breath. Um, I, I like, that's my difficulty with like Thin Mints and stuff like that. And it's like, I do like them. Like I'll eat them, obviously I'll eat anything for the most part. But like, I, I, that's my issue with a lot of mint flavored stuff is like, no one is eating mint stuff or should be. Cause it's like, mm, mint tastes so good. <laughs> I love the flavor of almost toothpaste. Like, um, I, my issue is with that. So I like the Andy's mints because I think it's a good balance of like chocolate and mint flavor. But I think anything else mint flavored should either be toothpaste or like breath mints or gum. And that's it. Counter argument. Okay. Mint chocolate chip ice cream. Ugh. Fuck. Even if you may not uh, like it, it is one of the most popular flavors. It's because you're wrong. That's fair. I mean. Also shamrock <laughs> shake. Oh, Shamrock Shakes are pretty good. But that's also, like, Arby's Andy's Mint Shake. Uh, that's more... Yeah, Andy's. Yeah, but Andy's right? Mint. That one you... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. But it's um, also an example of a non-candy mint item for consumption that is not intended to freshen breath. That's fair, but I also argue with those shakes that they are distilled with so much like cream and other sugar that it's not just... The mint doesn't have to stand on its own. If they were like pure mint... Then that would be different. Um, so I, I should I should make it clear I'm not arguing against mint products in general. I just think like for me it's always been a flavor where I'm like I don't really I don't really get it. Um, man, I've also just been raised on it then because like mint chocolate chip ice cream, thin mints, shamrock shakes, like I'm good with all of them, but I also don't get like really minty flavored toothpaste. Yeah, I use the I use like the Arm and Hammer okay. stuff. Which is, so all right, this is the tirades I want to go on. As yes. someone who has hated mint all their life, why in the heck do they not make any toothpaste that isn't mint flavored? Why the only thing that they make toothpaste that's not mint flavored is like children's toothpaste, and it's not as strong as normal toothpaste because it's because kids are stupid and they'll just eat it. <laughs> but it's like why? Why? Why am I forced? to suffer for for no reason. And like the only time I've ever been able to find something, there was like Crest made an orange toothpaste. And I bought as much of it as I freaking could. And then they discontinued it. The only place I've been able to find toothpaste that's not mint is in Japan. Cal, uh, just confirm. James, you're dead. James is dead, but, uh, Apparently, there's actually a good reason why mint is used. No, there's there's no good reason. Uh, it's due to the difficulty of flavoring over the chemicals in toothpaste. I would rather have the harsh chemicals. Uh, I Give me baking I, soda, which is why I use the Arm & Hammer one now, because it is mint, 
but it's more baking soda. I taste the baking soda more. So it sucks, but I can deal with it. I was going to say Cal hoarding all that uh, orange crest toothpaste was definitely what uh, set crest. off just this spring for sure. Someone saw that and they're like, this oh, this was years ago. Oh, they discontinued this years ago. My supply ran out. I hate cinnamon. That's the other um, issue. My options, are, my options are mint and cinnamon, and I'm screwed. Hang on. I found an entire food. list of non-mint toothpaste you can buy on Amazon. Uh, charcoal. Yeah, but that's like work. I had to type in non-mint oh to Amazon. I want to be able to pick them up at the Walmart across the street and not have to ascend away from my toothpaste. You know what the other problem is? A lot of these toothpastes don't have fluoride. That yeah, that as well. They they're not, they're fluoride free. No, that's why they put mint in toothpaste is is to, to hide the taste of fluoride. I yeah, don't but don't, I don't... show <laughs> your mind. Here here's here's one for you to buy, Calvin. Tom's of Maine fluoride children's toothpaste, silly strawberry. Children's. It's I used fluoride. to get Tom's. I used to get Tom's toothpaste, but it's more expensive. Oh wait. No, I remember something. What you could do is actually just get all your teeth removed and get dentures, and that way you can just brush them and then put them in that jar of water. And then you, you know, I've thought about it. it. <laughs> and I just wouldn't have to deal with it. No, and just you do don't it. have you don't have to worry about cavities. Don't have to floss. Yeah. You just chuck them in a thing that dissolves all the plaque, and then you put them in again. Who, who's the, who's the Bond villain? Is it Jaws? Jaws. Yeah, yeah. Just, Jaws. just pull a Jaws. He's got metal teeth. <laughs> Bite through cables. <laughs> Yeah, he bites through like braided steel cable holding up a cable car. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, Sean Connery died. Oh, yeah. It yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Now you made me sad. Yeah. He wasn't even in that movie. No, but James Bond. True. I have only seen um, Skyfall and Spectre. You need to oh educate yourself. I know. I've seen a little bit of from Russia with Love, like some of the opening chess chess. Uh, uh, Man with the Golden Gun. Calvin and I we Great. watched that at my grandparents' cabin. Oh, uh, we did. We did. And then this last year when I went up there, I watched Moonraker and classic. Uh, what was the other one so I watched? Cheesy. What was the one where they're at like the ice ice hotel? The day. Uh, uh, die another day. Yeah, die another day. And that was Pierce Brosnan. That one, the Pierce Brosnan ones hold a special place in my heart because, especially Die Another Day, um, because those were like some of the first ones I wa- I remember watching as a kid. Yeah. Because um, they were the more modern ones. They were the modern ones at the time. So they're a lot easier for like a kid to watch. Um, so those ones like hold a special place in my heart. But Pierce Brosnan, mediocre James Bond. Yeah. Uh- that's what's like uh, for a long time. Like those Pierce Brosnan movies were like the cultural reference. Other than the uh, oh, the for sure bonds. Like I remember, um, like that's that like throwback. But that's what uh, like Jet Fusion. In oh Jet yeah, Fusion, from Jimmy Neutron. Yeah. made. Yeah, they, like they die they, another uh, day tomorrow. Brosnan. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Again. Um, well, he had yeah. Pierce Brosnan has two of them, doesn't he? One is Die Another Day, and the other is live again tomorrow or something like that yeah well i archie didn't we used to play goldeneye at mitchell's house 
I'm gonna have to censor the last name. Yeah, way to just like name everyone, James. Well, I don't think he lives there anymore. That doesn't um, matter. His you name, didn't mention where he lived. <laughs> that's fair. We used to play it at Mitchell's house. I, I was like, that was that's my closest exposure to the James Bond franchise is probably like playing that game, and then yeah. um, obviously seeing like Skyfall and Spectre, which are pretty See, good movies. I would definitely recommend. I watched Skyfall, but I only saw mm-hmm. the very beginning and very end of it because oh, I was in surgery for the rest of it. Oh shit! Okay, were you in like a doctor's office or something? Yeah, it's when I broke my arm, Calvin. Nice. And shit. like, no, I yeah. I came back to it and I was like, oh, I don't know what's happening. They're they're outside in the snow. Oh, I guess somebody's ending, trying to kill somebody else. I don't know. That ending sequence, that last act of the movie where they're holed up in his like old home is like awesome. But, but the, the issue for me, part. I got after that part. <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. With the fight near the church or whatever, or they're on the frozen lake. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It. The, the, I the issue all for the cool with, stuff. With Skyfall is like it's um, it's supposed to be a very like meta level Bond. Like it's very much commenting on like the franchise as a whole, and just the fact that the whole theme of the movie is like you're getting old, and like, does anyone care? Are you effective anymore? Um, and stuff like that. So. That's why I kind of want to watch some of the older Bond movies because um, I've heard from people who have seen the movies and then saw uh, Skyfall that they were like, "Wow, that was like really interesting." I've never really seen a Bond movie like that before. But no, yeah, the the new the new one was definitely a kind of a departure from like the classic format. I'm most familiar with the Sean Connery works, okay. but even then, it's been a long time since I've gone back and watched. I should go back and watch. Probably the number one I'm most familiar with is Goldfinger. That one is just amazing. One thing I did notice with um, Moonraker is how cheesy the, oh, that yeah. space battle is. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it's wasn't so that cheesy, the, but I love it. Wasn't that the appeal of a lot of the Bond movies, even like starting from the very beginning, was that they were like, even for the 60s, they were kind of like campy and like it was, it wasn't like it was self aware, like winking, like breaking the fourth wall, but I think there's that was always campy. Kind of the appeal. And then there's the Moonraker space fight <laughs> okay. because like Star Wars had already happened and Star it, it Wars had, had better like lasers. Two years prior. So they, they were just trying to capitalize on that sudden sci fi boom. Yeah, and yep. like they're in zero gravity, but it's so they they don't have the effects to really emulate zero gravity, so it's all that like really emphasized large steps. Yep. I've got a question. Yes. Who would you say is the American James Bond? Wasn't there the an American, American James, James like an American actor who played James Bond? No, I mean like culturally, like from culturally? a cultural perspective. Who is uh, who is our like a fictional character that we have who is who you would say it's like the American The Lone Ranger. I mean, yeah, I think. I, I, I mean, say, I don't know. Maybe Indiana Jones. Oh uh, no, say, yeah, it's Indiana Jones. I would see I'd say Batman. That's where I'm gonna uh, go. Uh, I kinda I kinda see where you're going for because it is like that reoccurring character who's been played over and over again by different people. Mm-hmm. In that way, I agree with you. Because James Bond, or James Bond, Indiana Jones has only been played by Harrison Ford. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like the problem with Indiana Jones, unlike James Bond, is like, it's really hard. At least it's hard to do Indiana Jones in kind of a more, 
modern setting. I think you could do it, but I feel like the appeal of the Indiana Jones movies is that they're kind of set, um, you know, back in the past where it's yeah. more yeah. this more like, uh, like 40s adventure, like, you know, adventure movie. Like, Zoom look at the man the red line yeah. goes across the map. Yeah. And like the Indiana Jones movies are fantastic. And I honestly, I would say second runner up would be Indiana Jones for me, but I, I really only, I really only say Batman because it's like, that's the kind of, in the same way where like the James Bond is arguably the like pinnacle or ideal to an extent um, of like British quote unquote masculinity. <laughs> where it's like, Oh, he's like suave. And he's like, you know, he knows all these languages. He's been around the world. Like he's the embodiment almost yeah. of like the, the man of the British empire. Um, like, Batman or Bruce Wayne is kind of the same for the for for America. I feel like where he's like the embodiment of like the American dream. It's like oh, this rich guy who like you know uh, like came metaphysically from nothing because he had everything taken away from him, and now he's like running around like righting the wrongs of um, of like people around him and stuff like that. And I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The, the the part that separates Batman from me is the lack of that like adventure stuff. The Batman films are all the same thing. Yeah, Pretty much they, a lot of them repeat the exact same story in slightly right. different ways, but a lot of them are all his origin story and various in like same villains throughout. So in that way, Indiana Jones is what much closer because it's that adventure story. They're crossing the world. They have some sort of thing they're trying to figure out, and there's like a one singular bad guy or bad guy organization throughout the entire film pretty much um but i also i, I do see what you're saying though um james about the batman films being like, i would i didn't think about that no like the appeal of james bond is like he's this guy who can kind of be set into like any time any place and like his movies yeah. definitely allow for kind of a different like relatively different story like way more than batman like you're right batman does kind of have the same like Usually it's like, uh, got to deal with my parents. Uh, this villain who something like <laughs> yeah. mirrors me kind of is challenging me and blah, blah, blah. So I would argue James Bond is the American James Bond. I, I know what you meant with the question, but I, mm -hmm. like we've pointed out, Batman, yeah, it's the repeating character with different actors, but the, it's not really an adventure story. Indiana Jones is the adventure story, but it's only a run along guy, and you can't really take it out of his time. James Bond's popularity in America, thanks to Hollywood, like Hollywood being Hollywood, has been pretty consistent, and it it's it goes all over the world, including America. I I can definitely see what you're saying where it's like, yeah, without the Hollywood industry and without that American influence, um, James Bond would not be the icon that he is. Um, so from that perspective, I do agree. Um, I, I, and this is like, obviously this is an obvious thing, but I'm going to say it like really the thing though, that obviously differs is that he's just not American. He's, he's British and he's like, so he has the characteristics of like, the elevated characteristics of like the, the British, like, yeah, the British stately gentleman and like an American hero, an American type James Bond would be definitely more of like a Han Solo type figure where he's like kind of, or I mean, again, like Indiana Jones, where he's kind of the scruffy bumbling, like, Oh, well, hang on. It was another Harrison Ford. Um, Jack Reacher. Did he do that? Oh, 
That well, that that's kind of literally just a port of I James mean, Bond as yeah, to but it would be American. the closest. That's fair. <laughs> like spy who does globe trotting stuff. I I would say I would agree with that to an extent. I just think the I don't know. I feel like I feel like there is a potential for like an American James Bond like out there, and and that's the difficulty is like you can't just define it like set out and be like, which is the problem kind of with Jack Ryan is like, oh, you know, let's make a James Bond, but for the American like for Americans, yeah. it's like oh, it has like he has to somehow include um, that American mythology and identity like in him. Like I'm sure that James Bond does like man from Uncle. If they made more Man from Uncle films, that's getting closer. But I feel like, again, I feel like the Amer- an American James Bond esque figure would be almost again like an Indiana Jones, like a cowboy or like some kind of like guy on the outside. So we're back to um, Lone Ranger. Ranger. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> just circle around. Agree, but like a mix between like the Lone Ranger and because I feel like an American James Bond wouldn't be a straight up man of the law like i do feel like he'd be more of like an indiana jones or han solo where he's like working no, I got outside it. i got of it what buddy cop what? movies that's the american james bond is buddy cop movies we need a set we need a figure we need a we need a single <laughs> guy <laughs> unless you want to fuse uh, Mel Gibson and whoever the other danny glover yeah i i don't I gotta watch. I haven't seen those movies, so I can't. They're solid. Two, I've seen the first two, two cops on the edge of the law. The whole like, eh, you get them in, or you give me your gun and badge. That whole <laughs> thing, like, edge of the law, but he's still trying to keep the peace. Uh, uh, we've been on this topic for a while now, though, I'm and sorry, it sounds yeah, like we need yeah. to uh, recommend some media. Better buddies yeah. recommend. <laughs> I feel like that was a recommend section. It's not yeah. what I want to recommend, so no, we're doing the section I, anyways. What do you yeah, want to recommend? The Mandalorian episodes two, three, and four, because those are the ones I've watched yes. so far. You haven't seen the first one? Uh, no, I walked in as my dad and brothers were watching, and I got hooked when I was supposed to be doing homework. Nice, done. But it was it was that good. Like I just sat down and watched through the next three. I don't know how I feel about it. I I wasn't drawn into it. Um, part of it is just wanting to be contrary because <laughs> I hate Baby Yoda and everything yeah. that it stands for and is. Yeah. So part of me is just like, no, I refuse to like it because of Baby Yoda. Um, I think the cinematography is great. I think the set design and all that stuff, they film on this giant set with a wraparound screen. I was like, just going to track the yeah. camera it's so, so that cool. it like m- mirrors like the camera shot. So it angles the screen, like the stuff on the screen is really fascinating. You should look it up. Um, so that stuff's awesome. The episodes I saw, the acting was pretty good. I don't know though. The story didn't grab me in the first, th- I watched the first three, I want to say episodes, season one. First- for someone who doesn't know, which is me, what what is the story? So Mandalorian, as I understand it, and I need to go back and watch season one. Um, the Mandal the Mandalorian takes starts off on some planet where there is a uh, um, uh, bounty hunter guild outpost, and a bounty okay. is put out for go retrieve the thing, and a bunch of people are given uh, trackers 
and the Mandalorian is one of them. He's known as the Mandalorian. That's just how they know him in that area. Mm-hmm. And as far as I could tell, the Mandalorians are kind of underground. Only a, like mm-hmm. a one or two go up at a time and surface. And he's one of them. He goes and retrieves the object, which turns out to be Baby Yoda. Um, and he goes back to deliver it. Finds out it's going to Imperials. And the Mandalorians hate Imperials. And he takes the payment, which is the Beskar material that the Mandalorians love. And then he decides, but I was a foundling. And that's a foundling. And the foundling needs to join us. And he goes and rescues baby Yoda and kidnaps it and keeps it as his own. And that's it. That's all I know. And then it's, and then, yeah, and then it's, I haven't seen much more than that. And so it's, and then it's like adventures and stuff of him trying to find, from the trailers, it looks like he's trying to find the rest of the Yoda species. Another big part of me is I can't let go of the pre-Disney Star Wars universe. And I thought the backstory for Yoda and the backstory for the Mandalorians was far superior than what they're setting up in the Mandalorian. Because in the Mandalorian, they set up the Mandalorians after the empire that they're like this i don't know maybe i haven't seen enough but it's like they're this like pseudo tribal like people and they were like nearly wiped out by the empire they're hiding underground they have this whole thing about you cannot take off your helmet you can't let your enemies take your helmet off so they're like they'll be like kids playing around with helmets on and i i don't know i thought it was weird and they have this reverence for the armor, like it's like a holy item almost to them. I th- and the metal that they make it is some like ridiculous metal, and that's what like what makes it so good. Um, and it's like rare, fine, and I don't, I don't know. I just wasn't I mean, a huge fan of that. I, I don't know. I, I've got this like fragmented understanding of it, and I, th- I see what you're saying about like <clears throat> it being a little weird. I don't mind it as much. I I hope Mm. I need to watch more of it because I don't, I like the original Yoda origin thing of like, Hey, it's Yoda. He just is. There is no species. Yeah. They're, they're, they're kind of like a creature of the force and there's only been three in galactic history. So like, I hope him searching for that species is more of a, like it, he never, he will never find them. So it's a pointless quest. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think like I don't know. My, I think one of the one of the, and this is me definitely being cynical. So get ready. Um, but no, like I wanted, I I do want to watch the Mandalorian, and I was I was really interested because like Cal, what you were talking about, that technology is fascinating. It's basically like twenty first century rear screen projection, but mm-hmm. like way better, and it's way better than a green screen too because it's actually projected and matching the camera. So you can create these realistic environments in a closed set that you might not be able to get to otherwise. And that's pretty cool. Um, and it's there. So the actors aren't staring at green walls. Yes. So the actors can actually have some kind of visual material to work with, um, which is cool. But my issue was like, um, and hearing you talk about it, I don't know, like baby Yoda just represent, I agree. Like I get that he's cute. And I haven't seen the show, so I can't really talk too much about his purpose in the story or anything like that. 
But just from like a marketing perspective, like Baby Yoda is basically everything mm. that Disney does to every property it touches. Yes. It's like it comes in and it cutifies it and it doesn't yes. care about like the backstory or what actually happens. It just makes it cute and then pushes it on everybody with this massive marketing infrastructure that they have. And that's not to say like you can't, I'm not saying like, oh, because of that, like it's the corporations, man, you can't enjoy the Mandalorian. I'm just saying like Disney's gotten to this point where for me, they've lost their like magic. And it it's so clear sometimes to see like th- that there was a committee of people who so- just sat around the table and was like, well, we need this. Like, we got to have a cute, like, sidekick for the stoic character. We can't just have someone be sad all the time or quiet. And here's, of course, it, yeah. Here's my understanding, having seen the episodes I've seen and mm-hmm. kind of keeping an eye on the whole Baby Yoda thing is it evolved when The Mandalorian first came out. Mm-hmm. In the story, The Mandalorian cares for Baby Yoda because he sees himself in it. Um, okay. His parents died in the Clone Wars in a robot in a droid attack and he was found and taken in by the mandalorians so he sees himself in this child that has no family and that's marketing wise yeah i don't remember any of the baby yoda stuff before memes well that yeah that the thing is it's designed to like they they design these things where people are going to be you're drawn to things that are small that are cute that have big eyes. Like Baby Yoda basically looks like a gremlin. He yeah. looks like Gizmo. He looks like Gizmo from Gremlins. And it's it's engineered to get people to like yes. feel like, ah, and then share it. And, so, and that spreads the show. My next thing about it is, or at least one of the things that inclines me to lean away from, it was completely a manipulative effort, is that they yeah. didn't have merch. Enough. Well, that's because any because that's the number one way things are leaked. The number Mm. one way new characters, especially Star Wars, uh, new and like characters when it comes to this stuff are leaked is the figures. The plush. Someone gets a picture in the manufacturing plant and they leak. And so I think you're not wrong, RJ. Mm -hmm. But honestly, that kind of still does that doesn't dissuade me that much because it's just oh they really knew that this was going to be a hit, especially if it came out of left field. Mm. I, and, and I'm, again, I want to make it clear. Like I haven't seen this show and there have been plenty of shows I've, I've like seen bits and pieces of before and been like, ah, oh, whatever marketing, ah, oh, whatever committee thinking. And then I've actually sat down and watched them and it's like, okay, like this is pretty good. Like I could honestly, if I had never seen parks and recreation, I'd probably say the same. I, I would say a lot of the same things about like, characters and who they are and what they look like and all that stuff um, yeah. but i do i do enjoy parks and recreation like I, I do find it to be like a very comfy show but i do think like disney's conduct with star wars has been in my opinion abhorrent and i'm yes. not even like that big of a fan of star wars like not nearly as much as like someone like cal for instance so but my issue is just like like the appeal of star wars is that to me is that it, it felt natural. It felt like stepping into a world that that was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like, this is like a new thing. Um, and now with Star Wars, it's just hard because it doesn't feel like it has that spark 
behind it that maybe Lucas gave. I would say Mandalorian has it as far as I experienced. Because like I said, I was supposed to go do homework. And I walked into my parents' bedroom where the TV was set up. And my dad and two brothers are watching the show. And I'm like, oh, Mandalorian? I I gotta go do homework. And then I sat down in the bed and watched three episodes. And that's, you know, to be fair, that's fair because my only experience so far with the new stuff has been the movies. So like the new, like it doesn't feel like the movies at all. Okay. I, and I've heard from people and like channels that I watch on YouTube. I've heard that people like have gravitated towards the Mandalorian a bit more. Like they find it a little more engaging and a little more interesting, uh, probably because it's, it doesn't have to try fit into what for whatever reason the sequel trilogy felt like it had to do which is mirror the exact same story that's been told like twice before um in star wars so i feel like i do feel like and people laugh about it i do feel like you can do new stuff with star wars like people will laugh about like oh you couldn't do like a like a dark knight style star wars and it's like i i think you could like i think you could tell like a gritty quote-unquote realistic story in that universe. I think you could do a horror film in Star yeah. Wars. You might That's even true. be able to pull off like a comedy. This like, is maybe. This is what I think that is. This is a cowboy story in Star Wars. Because like it even just sitting down one of the things I noticed the most was it's lived in. It's dirty. It's broken. Okay. Compared to like the sequel trilogy, yeah, there was a little bit of it, but it always just felt a little too clean. To well, be Star the Wars. Pro- yeah, the problem with the sequel trilogy is it just feels like it feels like they're weakened at burning like the themes that have yeah. been kind of like prevalent in that series. And these are all obviously like everyone's talked those movies to death. But that is that is the big issue with them is that they 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 it's like I think the one of the reasons why everyone kind of started to reject them was because the initial front facing like self-presenting face of that trilogy was like, we're new, we're different. We're star Wars for the modern audience in the modern era. And then it was like, you're not doing anything new. You're not doing anything different. You're just copying and pasting and you changed the font. That's all you did. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, this is Mandalorian is new, different. And the love, the love came through in the creators. So that's that's my recommendation is the Mandalorian. I'm planning oh, yeah. on watching the rest of it this weekend. Do you oh, guys yeah, have any recommendations? Yes, I do actually. Go. What is it? Um Andre Tarkovsky's movie Stalker. Um I just watched it over the weekend. It's very very good. Uh quick synopsis, it's basically about um it's set in like mid 60s uh Russia and it follows a guy who is his job is a stalker. And um, he takes uh, two men, uh, one called uh, the writer and the other called the professor, into this place called the zone, which is um, has a room in it that uh, where where like if you walk in, uh, your deepest desire comes true when you leave. Um, and the zone is basically this like why it's like just a sprawling woodland and fields and plains with all these ruins in it, stuff like that. And um, it's a great film. It's it's a very like classic of like quote unquote foreign cinema, of Russian cinema. Like Andrei Tarkovsky is uh, it's a pretty notable, like uh, classic, classic director. Um, I would say watch it. It's two and a half hours long. Um, so it is kind of a, 
it's an odyssey uh, to get through. But if you can sit through something like Blade Runner 2049, um, you can definitely sit through like uh, Stalker. Um, and it reminds me a lot of that. So cool. Well, yeah, I, I wasn't sure if it would be up, if it would be something I could get through. And then you said 2049. And I definitely it, got through that just fine, so... Yeah, and the, I want to be clear, the only reason I'm saying that is because a lot like 2049, there are a lot of long, wide shots with no dialogue. So wow. so there there is dialogue in the film, and I do find it pretty compelling. It's subtitled. Uh, I mean, they're speaking in Russian, so it is yeah. going to be subtitled, but... It's really interesting. Like, it's a really, really great film. I'd give it at least, if you sit down, give it at least an hour. Like, I know that's a lot. That's half the movie. But just give it an hour. And then, like, if you can't make it through, if you're like, this isn't for me, then drop it. Um, but if, you, if you're if you like, okay, I'm kind of into this, then uh, see where it takes you. But yeah. Cool. Calvin, do you have anything to recommend? Uh... Yeah, I'd have to recommend MASH. I've been on a MASH <laughs> lately. Hell so yeah. Heard a bunch of MASH. And it's just kind of a feel-good show. It's Some of its humor is rather simplistic, but not in a bad way. It's yeah. uh, like there was one episode I was watching today. There are guys in the, the train and it gets hit by a bot, like a shit mortar or whatever. So it like collapses and they're trying to dig the guy out. And the guys just, and they're like, oh, wait, we, we, we think we can hear him. And the guy's just like, uh, Colonel, if you can hear, if you can hear my voice, knock three times. If you can't, knock twice. And then they just go <laughs> silent and they hear two knocks. And he's like, oh my God, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the stuff is like pretty basic like that, but I don't know. It's just, it's great. And there's some really hard hitting moments in there as well. Yeah. Alan Alda is fan freaking fantastic oh, dude who doesn't want to be like or who hasn't felt like hawkeye when they're on their job sometimes you know what i mean like oh, who yeah. doesn't want to be like that like that's it wasn't mash like wasn't it kind of progressive for its time it Fair. was yeah the tv show less so the movie yeah and that I was, was one of the uh, that was one of the problems the original creator had with it uh, not of the tv show but of the original like the original book was that they took Alda's character and turned him into an anti-war. Mm-hmm. Um, the character originally wasn't anti-war in the same way that Alda is. No, yeah, no. I've seen the. I mean, I've seen the movie and I've seen bits and pieces of the show. That, like that was one of my grandpa's favorite shows. And um, the movie's really interesting because it's basically like several long kind of like episodes put into one show um yeah and like from what i've seen the the difference between like the hawkeye in the movie and the hawkeye in the show is like the hawkeye in the movie is way more of like a it, it's not even like he's like actively against it he's just a slacker like yeah. he just doesn't care he, he he has he's totally apathetic in regards i mean it's, it's played by uh I'm gonna say it's Donald Sutherland. So it's almost like a prototype for like. Have you guys seen Kelly's Heroes at all? No. Has anyone here seen Kelly's the, Heroes? Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. In, the original, uh, in the original Mash movie, they were also a bit more of like jerks too, weren't they? 
Yeah. yeah, they're kind of yeah, they're kind of dicks. Like they're yeah. not they're not like very they're not very good people. They're not um, as like they are at times in the show as well, but they're more like lovable kind of like yeah, lovable yeah. played up for the humor aspect. But in the movie, they're just straight up kind of not feel, great people at times. I feel like it was it was probably because with the movie you don't have to appeal to the same kind of audience as there would have been on television at the mm -hmm. time. So you kind of had to make Hawkeye's character like. Um, relatable yeah. uh and like charismatic in a way where people wouldn't be like this guy's a dick he just doesn't care about the people around him whereas like that was almost the point of the movie was this like low level antagonism that was simmering between like uh hawkeye and uh fuck i forget his friend's name um hawkeye trapper and, and trapper and, yeah, and trapper and, john yeah so yeah that's a that's a good wreck. It is. I would say. Mash is good. It's so good. Uh all right. Well, I feel like we have to now talk about yeah. what's gonna be like on in the world. We've put yeah. it off for a while. We have to at least mention it. So presidential election happened in the uh, last forty eight hours. And James left. Okay. <laughs> He's back. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Did you just yeah. you just panicked at the word election? Uh, the CIA cut my feed, so yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought it'd be nice, like, once once we kind of like hash things out about it a little bit and just like get where we're, where what pages we're all on, if we gave a little mm -hmm. bit of advice on how to like handle what's going on, because I feel like people could use some gentle reminders and some recommendations on ways to take a breath. I have some, I do have some advice, but I don't know how it's going to be received. We'll, uh, we'll wait for you to the last, so people can get uh, mad at you. Calvin okay, and I will okay, be that's safe. Great. Yeah, you guys, you guys go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know that I. I, I guess the advice would be just. I don't know. Just what, chill out start? a little bit. Still, let's see what happens. But at the same time, don't just sit back because. I mean, I just don't understand how people can support any candidate that will. That's that's just like all right, stop. We're done. No more county votes, and it's just like what? Yeah. What? How 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 can you justify that? Yeah, that's not cool. Because Trump has officially sued Michigan and Pennsylvania to stop tallying their votes. So just to just to give a little bit of context of what's the current situation is right now, Biden is six points away from confirming victory. Well, that's another issue that I want to talk about. And we're waiting for the last few vote, last few states to count up votes. Yeah. So the big one right now is Pennsylvania and Nevada, which Pennsylvania, Trump is leading by 200,000 votes. However, they say they still have about a million votes left to tally. And a, ma a majority, if not all of them, are mail-in ballots and mail and a lot and then a, a significant portion of those as well are from the philadelphia pittsburgh area which are very more left-leaning areas so and of um, statistically mail-in ballots are primarily are tend to heavily vote democratic so that's another reason why trump is like no 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 no, no, no. we're done i'm winning we're done stop right now <laughs> uh so there there's the, the idea is that it might suddenly swing back to Biden here in the last day or so as they're counting these up. But if it doesn't, 
and the in the states that if everything sticks right now where everything is leaning that's going to put biden at two um at yeah 270 electoral college votes um which is the exact number you need to win and trump at 268 now the problem with that is you can have faceless electors electors don't have to follow the popular vote some states have made laws where they have to be punished, but the Supreme Court upheld a law that says you cannot um, punish faithless electors. Therefore, two electors is within the realm of possibility of them just saying, eh, screw it, I'm going to vote for Trump. And then Trump gets it. Oof. And that is a very real possibility because every election there have been a small handful of faithless electors. Last year, there was a number of them. There was like five or so, maybe a little bit more. And uh, there, some people had the idea of like, oh, we can just get the electors to swing their vote because obviously the will of the people. Um, and that didn't happen. But it was such a significant lead that it didn't matter. With, only, with there only being a difference of two electoral college votes, that's, that's, act that's in the realm of possibility of that happening. And that will cause the world to well the united states to burn down so if clear clear happens. this up really quick a faithless elector is that someone who just has sway over like one electoral vote and they can just cast yes. that one so so how the electoral college works um for anyone who doesn't understand who, and who's listening uh the um each state is assigned a number of delegates i believe it's a, it's equal to your number of uh members in the house is it not correct um and it's that's decided based on population um, so typically how it goes is a state's electors will follow a state's popular vote. So Wisconsin votes for a candidate A, all of its, what, 12 electors will, or I guess we're down to 10. All of our 10 electors will then vote for candidate A. However, those aren't just a number of like, oh, you're given these 10 votes. In December, the electoral college meets. They are an actual group of people that are assigned as electors. Theoretically, we could become them. They're appointed by the parties of a state. So uh, you have to probably be in the know and like there's stuff. But my understanding is theoretically anyone can be an elect. Anyone that can vote can also be an elector. Hmm. So say out of that 10 people, two people are staunch Republicans and they decide the, for whatever reason, they don't agree with the voting in Wisconsin. It was so close. They think that there was fraud. Whatever reason, say two of those voters are just like, no, nah, screw it. We place our votes for Trump. That means only eight votes for Biden, two more votes for Trump. And it's the Electoral College that decides president. You need 270 votes. So a faceless elector is someone who will then go against the will of what the quote unquote will of the people by the, they'll vote against the popular vote of their state. What, so, what that uh, seems like, how is that, uh, how is that, how much of that is permissible? Because that seems like very, 100%. Okay. No, so, 100% because the electoral, sorry, RJ, uh, I'm just going to finish myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically the electoral college is just an independent thing. The popular vote means nothing the, it, it theoretically it's supposed to tell the electors who that the people want 
but it's the electoral mm-hmm. college that elects the president. Okay. And what about winner take all states? Okay, so there are a couple states that have passed laws that their delegates have to vote for the, the for the state um, winner of the popular vote. Not every state has those laws, and like I said, some states have laws that punish faithless electors. Some states have laws that protect faithless electors. Um, so it all depends. There's also a bill going around that's been signed by a certain number of states, a very exact number, that they're trying to basically subvert the Electoral College. The compact, um, yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, the Interstate Compact or something like that. National Vote Interstate Compact. Um, basically, the states that are signing this are going to then, once um, it's... <laughs> sorry, if, uh, tell me if I'm rambling or I get too oh, no. confused. No, I'm, I'm, I haven't um, heard of this, so I'm interested. Yeah. So basically... Um, it's a group of states that want to make the popular vote real and to, without having to create an amendment to the Constitution to get rid of the Electoral College. To do that, they're going to pass laws that make it illegal for faithless electors. And by doing that, they were going to say that, OK, all of our Electoral College votes have to go to the national popular vote winner, not even their state, the national popular vote winner. There's some states that have signed on to this bill, but a but no state would just do this without everyone agreeing to it because they're going to just throw away their votes, theoretically, um, until enough people sign on. So a small part of the bill is that it only becomes law when enough enough states sign on to it. So as they control a majority of the Electoral College votes. And that's that my I I have an issue. I understand our system is in need of revision, but to me that's essentially electoral college gerrymandering. And that's like, um, like I, to I, agree. I I do I do see your point and I do have issues with it as well. Um it's really just more of a way to force a popular vote. Which like again, I I have an issue with because more um the more populous regions of the country mm-hmm. are metropolitan areas or coastal areas, which clearly swing usually by the trends blue. And yeah, urban areas just, typically vote Democrat, yeah. rural, yeah. conservative. But, and to be fair, there's a lot of like, whenever you look at a map, for instance, in Texas, you see with like Houston and Dallas, there are these little blue islands in like a sea of red. Yep. <laughs> so there's a question of like, well, is that fair? Like for yeah. those people who are living in those big cities to be surrounded and their whole yeah, state, you know, or national policy is governed by, you know, that sea of red. How is that fair? But I do agree. Like, I don't even know what the steps would be to to revise or to revamp the Electoral College for the 21st century. But I, I do think like... um I can't agree with that compact because what's going to happen is that there will be other people who will do the same thing um, on the opposite side. And and it just won't result in anything good, I don't think. Yeah, it's all fine and dandy until your state votes for one candidate and the rest of the country votes for someone else. And now you don't, your your entire state. So like if just over 50% of the country voted for one candidate and like all of Wisconsin voted for the other one, in in that agreement, like 
it, um, our electors would have to say, yeah, screw the will of the Wisconsin people. We're voting for the candidate none of you wanted. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Well, that that's put into words exactly like, yeah. what made me uncomfortable. Yeah, what yeah. if you don't like the person who wins the popular vote? Like, what if the people who designed that compact, what if there comes to be a time where, like, the person who wins the popular vote is completely antithetical to their views? Then yeah. do they just say, like, oh, well, never mind, it doesn't matter. Or do they follow it through? Like, that's yeah. that's what makes law is not, like, you know, the circumstance in which it works, but it's got to go all the way through. Yeah. So in, in either scenario, it has to work. But I think I, yeah. we need to change to the single transferable vote, which it's the process sounds complicated, but it's really not. And honestly, if you can't understand it, then I don't think you should be voting in the first place. Um, but I don't know mean? what it is. It, yeah, well, that that's fine. But once it's explained to you, it's under, it, like it's not a hard process to understand. Basically, you have so let's say you have four candidates, A, B, C and D, just so we can whatever. Yeah. yeah. So. I um single transferable vote, you basically just rank your candidates. So mm. say I like candidates A and B, I hate C, and I think D is okay. I but I but I I really want candidate A. So I mark down candidate A as my main vote, B is my second, D is my third, C is my fourth. And what happens is everyone does that for all of your candidates. And now, once the, the votes are all tallied, the person with the lowest number of votes is chucked out. Now, all of the votes for, let's say, candidate, um, let's say candidate A. I really liked A, but it was a minority. Nobody else liked them. So now, instead of wasting, quote unquote, wasting my vote, so this process encourages multiple parties. Um, instead of, quote unquote, wasting my vote, all of those votes for the candidate that were eliminated you go to their next choice. So I wanted A, but if I can't have A, I'm okay with candidate B. So now my vote goes to candidate B. The votes are all tallied again. And once again, the lowest candidate's vote is eliminated. So that way, if once again, I really liked A and B, but they were kind of small candidates, nobody else liked them. They're both eliminated. My vote can now go to D, because it's like C is going to ruin my life. C candidate C is going to yeah. ruin my life. They're going to do all these horrible things. But A and B I really liked. Nobody else did, but I liked them. But D I can live with as an alternative to C. Well, now my, I was able to vote for candidates A and B, and still, if they're eliminated, put my vote towards D, someone I still care about. So I... that way, you're able to vote from like smaller candidates and not waste your vote and. A, a, the the winner will have a a more varying majority of people's support. I so I will I would agree with that, and I do agree with that system. If the stipulation could be made that instead of the candidate, like the uh, president and vice presidential candidate coming from the same ticket, we go back to what we used to do where the runner-up runner up is vice president. president. Yes, I would agree with it. Yeah, because I think like the so biggest issue- weird, Donald Trump is president, Joe Biden is vice Wouldn't president. Wouldn't that be the Could best imagine? I think, in the world? Hang on. I awesome? think that's called a buddy movie. It'd be so good. It'd be oh, so Oh man, funny. imagine Trump and then Hillary as vice president. <laughs> It'd be awesome. <laughs> It'd be so funny. 
And I think that's the thing, too, is like that's exactly what Americans need to see, even if they don't want to. It's like, let's get these two people who are. They completely oh. disagree with each other. And. James, you left again. Are you did. done yet? I tried. I don't know where he was going. <laughs> He's gone. He's back. I'm sorry. No, yeah. Like, let's get these two people who completely disagree with each other, put them in a room for four years, and get them to work it out. Like, that's what. I think people in the country would like to see. I think they see. call that Thunderdome. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect. I'm all for it. Um, no, I, I see, and I really are, like that, Calvin. Yeah. I really like that. That makes sense to yeah. me because it's basically what I'm doing already. Yeah, yeah. It's it, just that it doesn't count. The best part of it is that it encourages multiple parties. That's the other reason I really like it is because it helped, it would help us break out of the two party system because no. you yeah. could vote for third party candidates and your vote wouldn't like feel like a waste because it's like, Oh, even if my candidate gets a percent of the votes, like my vote would still transfer to another person. So I'm, I don't have to worry about this person I hate becoming like being yeah. elected because I voted for the smaller third party candidate and freaking Alaska had this on their ballot as a resolution um, to, like this election that they would treat their further like some of their elections like this and everyone voted no and I guarantee it's because nobody understood what was happening and yeah. that's the Alaska. biggest argument that's like, I, I could be a hundred percent wrong here. People could have read that understood it and been like, no, that sounds like, I don't want that. And that's fair. If they can say that I can accept that. The problem is I don't think that's true. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason Alexander Hamilton didn't want most people involved. Yep. in. The <laughs> that's like, there's yeah. a pretty I don't agree problem. with the whole, like yeah. you have to be educated to vote. Because I know some people, that, I know a lot of people who have never had a quote-unquote formal education and are way smarter than people that have been oh, yeah. through the university system. So it's like, I don't agree with that. But there are times where it's just like, you know, maybe they were onto something. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 I Did you say... guys... Okay, here's... I'm... I'm, James, you saw my post about this, but have you guys yeah, seen you your yeah. those posts going around about don't say yes. whoever wins or loses tomorrow, dot, 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 because this isn't a basketball game. People's are afraid and their, li their lives and situations yeah. are at stake or uh, don't talk from this position of privilege. You can't just say be everybody keep going and no matter what happens because some people are afraid for their because of their race or whatever yeah what about them well i've been seeing those posts on facebook and they they got to me enough that i wrote a response post in general yeah. because it it seemed like some sort of policing of how i show supportive messages <laughs> to we need to keep going and push on my, my advice actually could kind of rope into this i could i can do you mind if i say Go something about that actually yeah okay the danger i think that we have fallen into with stuff like social media and television is that we closely like because we see these people 
a few inches from our face almost every day that breeds a kind of like, oh, like they know, they care. I'm not saying they don't. What I'm saying is like a a medieval surf in the 1500s would not give a shit or would not know about what the king or the court was doing. That was so far distant from their periphery of what they knew and who they were that like it didn't really matter. And I'm not saying that the American system is like that kind of monarchy. What I'm saying is that those people are so far away from you and that world may as well be the sun. Like you can't govern when the sun is going to come up. And I'm not saying like, oh, you know, oh man, like democracy doesn't matter. It's like corporations or the deep state or whatever. But what I am saying is like, don't misconstrue an agreement with your positions or them saying what you want to hear with them, like sharing your personal values. That's my biggest issue with modern day politics is people have sunk themselves into this. It seems to like a very personal degree, like they're following a TV show and it's not that at all. Politicians like for a lot of these boy bands. And to a degree. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> look at this. Look at this. Look at the squad with AOC and shit like that. Yeah. It's a brand. It's like yeah. what. And, and the thing is like, it's not even like it's a brand through and through. It's like what you're seeing is not what is real. Like I could see AOC on Twitter and Instagram and all this and be like, oh, she's a fucking socialist and blah, 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 stupid bitch. But then I could meet her in person and be like, oh, you know what? No, she was kind of cool. Like she was very different than what I expected. Um, and guess what? The AOC that I met may be different from the AOC who's just AOC. Like that's the problem is people think that just by seeing these politicians on their screens, they know like, oh, like this is what they stand for. This is what they're doing. This is who they are. And it's like, no, um, what you're seeing on television is not real. I'm saying that as a person who's on the news, <laughs> what you're seeing on television, <laughs> it's not real. I'm not saying they're lying to you. I'm saying like, I am. it is, I'll say it. Any, <laughs> anytime someone gets in front of a camera, it's a performance. You're not you. If you, there's like you, you become something that's just a little shifted from center of you. And I, I think that's like, what people need to know, and this goes back to like the personal privilege problem, is like, I agree. And I, under I understand to an extent, like, you know, if this person gets elected, this is really going to affect me or people I know in certain communities worse than it will affect you. And to a degree, I do agree. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I, I just can't, I, I, I can't agree. Like, I think people get way too into this stuff. Like, yeah. I think it's, it, it's to an unhealthy extent that you're, yeah. you are seeing very simplistic renderings of these people. And like, that's the thing we forget is that these politicians are just people. Like they probably have all these personal issues behind scenes that we don't fucking think about. And that inform their decisions on the day to day. Um, the, the Joe Biden or the Donald Trump or the AOC or whoever you're seeing on your on your computer or your phone or your television is not the real version of them. That is them when they're on TV. 
or your phone or the internet. Like, it's just not real. So I, I would say the counterpoint to that, though, James, sorry to interrupt you. No, uh, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, yeah. I would say the counterpoint to that would be that you're right that these figures on TV aren't necessarily them. But I would say that's not the point that a lot of people that are making these points that RJ was saying. It, that's not I would say that's not really what they're talking about. They're talking about their actions, because while they what they do on TV may is typically uh, like a it's a production. It's like you're saying it's mm. not necessarily what who and what they are. They're putting on the show to, to cynically to maintain power because um, they yeah. just want their power. Um, well, but none, nonetheless, they are still doing things. They they still are they their actions still have consequences. So they are still passing these laws that are affecting people. They are um, impacting people's livelihood. And there is a huge part of that that we truly will never understand. As white Christian males, we truly will not understand that. Um, Because it's not going to affect us. We can sit here, joke about the election, and joke about it's the end of the world. And is Trump or Biden, nothing's going to change my life. Nothing, nothing is going to change in my life because of this election. And RJ, I think that would be the point that people are just trying to say, I'm, I do understand where you're coming from because my issue with those posts is that I, I just don't understand why you have to attack everyone. And a lot of those posts are just attacking the other side. And that's why they're in turn attacking them. And I, I read your post. I don't think you were. I thought you had a good response to it. Thank you. Um, and I, I really was, like, in yeah. the comments, I wound up talking with someone who had posted one of those things, and we talked it out very civilly. Yeah. And I I yeah. get the intention behind it, but it's also kind of frustrating to want to be supportive of those people who will be facing those difficulties and encourage them to keep your chin up. We can, even if things turn south away from where you want it, Things will eventually, if we work and get through this, we can improve things. But when you tell me I can't start my messages this way, it makes it very hard to send that message. And now, now I either now I can't. What do I do? Well, and that's and that's I feel like that's the difficulty with those conversations. It's like to a degree, like those quote unquote, like oh, the social justice warriors or the people on the left, like they have a point, like. There is such a thing as like privilege, like at least in terms of like a quote unquote, you were born where you are and you're going to have certain natural advantages over people like that, you know, whether it's your gender, your skin color, how your culture, society values that like those are all things that can either add as like value or detrimental based on the context into when you're born. But the issue that I have with that is like those conversations and the ideas of privilege are usually levied under the pretense of equality or equity, but it, it, it bars that kind of equity. And I agree. Like, I I agree with what you're saying too, Cal, like I'm lucky, like the, the two people who are running for the highest position in the world currently look like me fast forwarded 50 years <laughs> i mean that's like yeah there's just all like that's Plus a bottle it's of like, suntan oil am i right yeah yeah but the yeah the the issue that i have with some of that stuff is just like um it's it just ends up being 
hypocritical to a degree and it doesn't the lot the internal logic doesn't work because to say that somebody's privileged therefore they can't speak then deprives that privileged person of the privilege of speaking which makes them unprivileged which means that they're then they then should be allowed to speak like it like yeah. at, at a basic rhetorical those, level some of those posts did say like hey use your privilege position to speak for those whose voices aren't being heard yeah but it was way at the end of the post and well, seemed like an afternote thought and, and i want to make it intense so i want to make it clear too like i am like more voices more variety i mean like nature itself is founded upon like genetic diversity on the idea that the, like there's all these different things working in concert to produce like one unified thing everything um, either has a niche finds a niche or makes a niche exactly exactly in balance <laughs> and and like my the the only other thing the last thing i'll probably say on this is like remember there was a post i read a few weeks ago on facebook where it was like um yeah like i don't understand why we read all these books by old white like dead white guys by the way most of them weren't even that good and it's like i don't know I like your I, comments I, this post. I yeah, liked your I, comment I, on that post I think there's value in it. Like, I think there is like in the same way where I don't know, I, I, I think there's value in some of those books. I'd agree that there are that there are there are plenty of books in the old white guy canon that are just written for like old white guys. Yes, yeah. I would agree. But I think to devalue an entire part of literature and then to say like, well, we're just going to exclude them because they didn't look like me. It's also um, extremely, like, it, it demonstrates a lack of awareness of old literature when, as a woman, that was one of the few areas you could do anything about. Yeah, and it and to, to be fair, like, to be quite frankly personal, like, it hurts. Like, it's like, I like some of those books. Like, I found meaning in some of those books. And to have someone, even online, come along and say, like, oh, like, it's fucking Shakespeare is the bard for a reason. Yeah, and and I think like at the same time though, to be fair, it's like it is time. Let's let some new fucking people come in. Let them let them talk. Yeah. Let them write. Let them make shit. Like, wh why not? And There's plenty of canon. There's two thousand years of it. Yeah. Let some new people get in. But but when you let those new people in, we also have to remember. And this is something I've seen come up as a little bit of an issue in that you can't expect these new voices to write the narratives you want them to write. Like, you can't expect them to just be writing about their own yeah, personal exactly. histories or stories or the challenges they've faced. Maybe they want to write a sci-fi novel. So Why not? It's only aliens, So, but you gotta let them go do that. You can't expect them to address diversity because they're diverse. Well, and that's, and that's the thing, too, is like... It's not like I'm a gatekeeper, but it's like I will fucking if I'm if I ever have the opportunity, I will hold the door open for newcomers and for new so people. If I get to a point where <laughs> I get, yeah, where I get in the cl clubhouse and I'm able to open the door for where people, you can be like, the keeper of the gate. Yeah, yes. I will open. <laughs> I will. I will open the door and I will. I. We'll make sure as many people you're a get good in. bouncer yeah as possible but all i ask is like 
Join the club. Key master, are you the gatekeeper? Please, <laughs> please don't kick me in the chins. That's all I'm asking. It's like I, I get it. Like I get that white guys and people like that have made fucking awful decisions in the past. I, I'm not going to disagree with you there, but I'm just asking, like in your calls for diversity and a voice, which you deserve. Please, like, I just don't yeah. want to be kicked in the shins. Don't kick me in the <laughs> shins to get there. All right. Yeah. 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 Not to cut you off, James, but I feel like, RJ, we've been running a while here. We have. Um, so I guess my last point on this is going to be a piece of advice. Take a deep breath. We went through all of this four years ago with the 2016 election. And a lot of people were stressed and worried and admittedly, there have been some issues since then, but we're four years later, and we made it. Yeah. There's still work to do. We gotta put the work in, put the effort in, put the thinking in, put the awareness in. Put your thinking caps on. Put your thinking caps on and get to work. I'm just saying, yeah. So well, far, so good, you guys. We're all Americans. Everybody we're all Americans. I mean, come we on. We made it this far. Yeah, and uh, I'm going. The last thing that I'm stealing from one of my classes that at the start of semester we made it a classroom rule: assume positive intent, mm-hmm. and tell someone that you don't agree with is being negative. Assume that they believe they're being positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's great. That is great advice. They may not have knowledge you have. They may not have awareness you have. They may not have experienced something you have. They're working off the best experiences and awarenesses they have. And they won't gain new awarenesses, experiences, or understandings if they get shut down. Oh, yeah. All right. Good luck. Good luck. Good, night. Good, luck. Good, good luck. Good luck, everybody. Seriously. Who was that, Murrow? Good night and good luck. Uh, I thought that was uh uh Cronkite. No, 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 no. It was um um. It was the guy who against McCarthy? I thought we watched the film, James. Oh, I thought it was from um uh uh, uh oh my god, Carey, Jim Carrey. Uh uh uh. No, it is Murrow. Yeah, that's how Edward R. Murrow ended all of his broadcasts. Good night and good luck. I don't remember watching this movie. Watch the film titled "Good Night, Good Luck." It's got George Clooney, uh, Jeff Daniels, Robert Downey Jr. What was the one with? It's in black and white. It's so good. It's about it's about fighting McCarthy and like they're trying to root out. And McCarthy's like claiming all these new new news broadcasters are uh, communists. Communists. Okay, we're getting distracted. Sorry, I interrupted the ending. I think I've got in my mind when we watched this, but I do remember bits and pieces of it for sure. Holy shit, yeah. Okay, so what was, real quick, what was the Jim Carrey movie where he's living inside a TV show? Oh, that's Truman Truman Show. Show. Didn't the Truman Show have a similar ending line? No idea. Yeah, no, you said, if I don't see you, uh, what is it? Good morning, good uh, good afternoon, and good night. There we go. Uh, Yeah. Calvin, James, thank you for joining me. We didn't do much advice, but I think we, uh, I think we had a good discussion, a good catharsis. Yeah. Yeah. I would say. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use their song Living in the Moment. 
off the album Cross Off Yesterday on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Leave us reviews and likes and whatever else they have. We're on Facebook, Better Buddies. Twitter, at Better Budcast. Use the hashtag Better Buddies when tweeting at us or about the show. We have our Gmail, BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. If you need advice, if you want to tell us our political opinions are wrong, if you want to insult James's haircut, send us some fan yeah, art. Please. please do, please. I need some advice. BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. And last but not least, be a better buddy. Returns. Oh, welcome back. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. Well, it is hot cider. Well, it's more the spoon. It's a tiny, tiny spoon. So mm-hmm. if I let it sit in the cider for about four seconds, it becomes very, 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 very hot. <laughs> like it droops. It droops a little bit. That's a good you, spoon. You can well, do that. A, uh, yeah. It's like a tiny, tiny teaspoon. So it's about. It's only just barely taller than my mug that I'm using. So, it like, the entirety it of it is covered with hot cider, so unsurprisingly, it heats up quite fast. Yeah.